Swine and True Crime Lovers. I'm your host, Brandy. And I'm Jamie. And this is Texas Swine and True Crime. We do what we do so we can see you. Thanks for being here, friends, for Season 2, Episode 9, The Dallas Shooting Spree. All right, Jamie. Well, here we are, Season 2, Episode 9. Last week, we virtually traveled over to Cali. That was pretty fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Thank you again, Lou and Meredith, for being on the show. Um, we love your podcast, so that that was a ton of fun. Um, but we're here. We're back now in Texas, talking yeah. about a Texas crime. <laughs> I know. California was pretty cool, even though it was only virtual. We yeah. were, uh, Lou, Lou's background was his whole vineyard, and it looked like one of those backgrounds you just put on a, right, like, like a if you're fake. jumping on a Zoom meeting, <laughs> right. yeah, like the fake background. But it was real. Yeah, you can so we enjoyed that. Chirping and everything. <laughs> a huge thank you to all of our Winos and Crimos members. Uh, if you want to join our crew at Winos and Crimos, just go to our website, TexasWineAndTrueCrime.com. Scroll down to Kofi and you can join us there. So we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, you help keep the decanter full each and every month. I think my little Texas accent came out of there. <laughs> and we're just planning so much stuff for the future, guys. So definitely join us at Winos and Crimos and head to Kofi on our website, Texas Wine and True Crime. All right, guys. So the crime we chose for this week is the case of Jeremy Harris. The wine for this week is a red Texas blend with a big TX on the label. Really cute. Mm -hmm. It comes from a collaboration between one of the oldest families in Texas's winemaking history and a young young winemaker that is just on the up and coming in the Texas wine realm. So super exciting stuff here. Can't wait to talk about that. And we'll tell you more about this delicious wine that, Jamie, this one's good. I love it. Yeah, and Jamie, you guys, if you're if this is a first time listening, if you're just the first time joining, um, then you uh, you would know, or maybe you don't know. Jamie is not much of a red drinker, so when she finds reds that she likes, it's a win. Definitely, they're <laughs> so growing on me. And this one, man, this this didn't take much arm twisting. That's for sure. It's very good. Yeah, after I think the first sip, we were like, okay, yeah. That's yeah. that's yummy. So, all right. Well, we'll tell you guys more about this wine in just a bit. And of course, hang out until the end to catch our wine rating and learn more about uh, this this great, delicious wine we're having today. Okay, but before we jump into the show, Jamie, let our listeners know where they can find us on social media. Yes, they can come to Instagram and find us at Texas Wine and True Crime. You can also go to our website, which is also Texas Wine and True Crime, but .com. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just search the groups and we uh, send us a notification and then we let you in. Yep. So just search Texas Wine and True Crime. And God, we've grown. Dude, I think a we've lot. had like 100 people join our group in the last two like two days. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. It's crazy. Yesterday, so, especially. Yeah. And so please share with your friends. If someone else likes wine and true crime, well, point them our way. And of course, if you listen on Apple and enjoy the show, please give us five stars. We only know it can help us. And don't forget to subscribe so your phone can just magically download that next episode for you without you doing a thing. All right. So um, now, Jamie, let's talk a little bit about real quick about our out of Texas cases we do every month. We do it once a month. Mm -hmm. So this month is going to be uh, March 25th. It is the last Thursday of every month. And so this month we're going to be talking about Jody Arias. 
So, guys, we kind of venture out of Texas with these. We do them once a month. It's basically an open forum to talk about a, a major case that hit headlines. And so put it on your calendar. If you want to get an invite to this, it's free to come. All you need to do is go to our website, click on Exciting News, fill your name and your email, and we will send you a link. We do not spam you. We have no time to sit there and send e- emails right. all day to our friends. Yep. So, Just, but Yeah, make sure it's there. Yeah, it's through Zoom. So you come with your cocktail. Yep. And hang out yep. and chit chat. It's fun. Last Thursday, every month, put it on your calendar. I know we're like, we have to pick just one day that we know we're going to have this. I think it's just <laughs> easier for us to keep track of. Keep track of. So, all right. So, Jamie, are you ready to get into this week's case, the Dallas shooting spree? Let's go. All right. So, let's sip some wine and talk some crime. Okay, so this week we are talking about the case of Jeremy Harris out of Dallas, Texas. So as always, we know we do have listeners outside of Texas and Dallas. A lot of people know about Dallas, but I'm going to pull out a few few fun facts here about Dallas where, where our crime took place. Okay, number one, guys, 7-Eleven is the largest chain in the world, right? Everybody knows about 7-Eleven, okay? Uh, It operates, though, in 17 different countries. I didn't know that. Found that out. Um, But it actually got its start right here in Dallas, and it's still headquartered here today. Wow, okay. Love the Slurpee. Yes. <laughs> it does and free Slurpee days the oh, best yeah, free day. Slurpee days, yeah. That's the only thing my kid correlates with 7-Eleven is Slurpee. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, and number 2, the frozen margarita machine was invented in Dallas. Mariano Martinez, inventor and entrepreneur, adapted the soft serve ice cream machine and turned it into a machine for margaritas. This was said to be done in Dallas in 1971. Okay, so what is the restaurant on Greenville that the first margarita machine was supposed to be sitting in? It, Chris, you probably know the name of that restaurant. That is supposedly where this first machine was actually put. And it, I don't think it's there anymore. It might still be there, but they've changed that area so much. Right. So, guys, if you I remember no the name, of, I wanted to say Chote Garcia's, but that's not it. No, that's four. But... It is supposedly the the first place that the margarita machine actually, the first Mexican restaurant that the margarita machine was put in in Dallas. So, guys, I know you know the name of it. What is it? Mariano's? Mariano's? I don't know. It's not this guy. Should I Google it? (laughs) I'll Google it. Oh, wait. The guy's name was Mariano. I think Chris is right. Oh, there you go. Mariano's. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. about as dumb as me not knowing what giggling okay, is. Okay, so wait a minute. Okay, when I saw this fact, I knew that the margarita machine was... At, okay, so I knew that the first Mexican restaurant to hold the margarita machine in Dallas was right there. I couldn't remember the name of it, and if I would have remembered the name of it, right I would have affiliated with the guy who actually invented it. Oh, you're so smart, Chris. <laughs> Number three, Dallas is the home of our, our beloved Dallas Cowboys football team. God bless them. Beloved. Bad or good. Mm, questionable sometimes. Mm, questionable. Okay, get the, this is a fun fact, though. With the roof enclosed on the stadium, the entire Statue of Liberty could fit inside. Huh. The new stadium. The new stadium. What? Really? That's what it says. Holy smokes. Okay. Well, I knew it was. I mean, I've been to many games there. I mean, that the TV or the screen alone is massive. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea it was like that tall. Yeah, with the roof enclosed on the stadium, it can, the entire Statue of Liberty could fit inside. That's crazy. Crazy. All right, guys. On November 20th, 2020, an article comes out in the Dallas Morning News labeling Jeremy Harris as the newest serial killer to haunt the streets of Texas. 
He is accused of murdering three people in Dallas, one person in Salina, and attempting to murder four others by random shootings. The scariest part? Harris didn't know any of these victims. Who is Jeremy Harris? Crazy guy. Crazy guy. (laughs) All right. So this is an active ongoing case. All right. So we're just talking about like four months ago. Yeah. This came out. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have a total of eight victims. Four of them are deceased and the other four did survive. So Jeremy Harris, guys, is behind bars at the moment. Um, he's not going, he has not gone to trial for any of these crimes, right? right? Um, but he is sitting in a Collin County jail on a $3 million bond. So he has not bonded out. The bond is at 3 million, probably not going anywhere. Uh, but just so our local listeners feel a little bit more comfortable now knowing that this guy is behind bars and not still roaming the streets of Texas. Mm, Hopefully (laughs) he stays there. Yes. Okay. So Jeremy Harris is a 31 year old African American male, five foot nine inches tall, weighing about 185 pounds. He was born September 12th, 1989 and is said to be from Red Oak, Texas. So Jamie, he was living in an apartment in Harris County, you know, when he was arrested for these crimes Mm -hmm. and he has got an extensive criminal history just at even 31 years old. Okay. Started early. Started early. <laughs> but he doesn't have anything on his record that he's actually being accused of right now. So no aggravated assaults, no murders on the rap sheet. Um, but as we mentioned, there are three deceased victims out of Dallas. Um, one victim out of Salina. And we'll get into this because there actually is a correlation between this this victim and Harris. Mm-hmm. And he did attempt to murder four others. And, and they were all shooting sprees. Okay. Right. So they're all shootings. So just because it's not on his rap sheet, it just means maybe he has never been caught before. You know True. what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it probably he's probably done stuff like this before. Yeah. On some level. Right. Yeah. Okay. We do know, um, again, like there is a connection between him and the person in Salina. So we will discuss that relationship in just a bit. Uh, but these are considered random acts of violence, right? So when we talk about random acts of violence, um, somebody who is doing it over the kind of the same way and we'll see there is a correlation on how he actually murdered these people but um this is why they're calling him a serial killer the same mode the same method of which is the gun right um the way he basically just creeps up on them in his car yeah um so we'll we'll kind of talk about all that in just a little bit and how he was actually caught yeah he's a pretty weak serial killer if you ask me you know what i mean like sounds awful but i like the you know like the ted bundys and all them the man they really like did research right i mean they were like this guy was just out there like acting a fool right it's but it's crazy when we start to look at the timeline on these though Mm -hmm. that's really what got me yeah was his ability to do this in such a short amount of time right and that is really what freaks me out and knowing like you can just go up to somebody and just shoot them a total stranger and that's exactly what he did um so all right, so a gun was used every single time. Um, these, this is definitely classified as random shootings. So investigators did label him as um, a serial killer of Texas. So now we know that, you know, random acts of violence, they're rare, right? We know mm-hmm. that they're rare. Usually stranger-on-stranger stranger crime doesn't happen as often as crime when its victim knows their perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, this is the critical and even harder part about finding a motive. You know, why, what makes someone just go and randomly shoot somebody? So, um, you know, why would Jeremy Harris just 
decide one day he's going to go out shooting people. So let's talk a little bit, Jamie, about the victims in this case. So we're going to go ahead and discuss the Dallas victims first because of the timeline. Um, And then we'll move over to Salina and then we'll kind of discuss how the victim and perpetrator knew each other in that case. Um, And then we'll talk about the victims that were, that survived his shootings. Okay. Okay. So the first victim connected to Harris, um, was 19-year-old Jaden Urrera. So um, you're, I'm going to say, it's, I think the last name is Urea. It's U-R-R-E-A, if you guys would like to look him up. So he was a student at SMU, which is a private local university here in Dallas. So it happened on October 31st. So on Halloween in 2020, Jaden was attending a Halloween party around 3 a.m. He comes out of the club in downtown Dallas and he basically he talks to somebody in his family on the phone. He tells them he's about to get a ride share. Yeah, um, weird. just like I think it was just one of those things. Maybe checking in, and just you know maybe he. I know he had. Um, I do believe he had a sister. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure his parents, you know, just kind of keep in touch. I mean, three a.m. is just a weird time. Though, maybe right? just checking on him. Maybe somebody sure. texts him and he texts them back or something. Maybe or did he? Well, it really, says he like, did talk. speak to somebody. Oh, okay. on, it okay. did say he spoke to someone huh. in the family. So and he, so he tells them he's waiting on a ride share, um, you know, to come pick him up and then head back to campus. So there is a video surveillance, Jamie, of the crime um, actually happening. And it did occur at the corner of Jackson and Harwood in downtown Dallas. So, guys, it, we like to kind of describe where we are because I I think, at least for me, Jamie, when I'm doing the research on these cases, it makes me feel like I'm there. It yeah. makes me feel like... I want to kind of put myself where they were. And mm-hmm. so when you watch the video surveillance and what the, the information the cops have, um, it kind of just gives, you know, everyone out there really a good idea. So if you know the downtown area, picture Jackson and Harwood. Um, so they do believe what happened was Jaden is seen walking out of the opera club in downtown Dallas. And he's hanging out with friends. He talks to somebody in his family. He's waiting on the car. So in the video, Jamie, you see this white sedan just driving like crazy. It's recklessly mm-hmm. driving, speeding. It has its lights turned out on the car, Mm-mm. tented windows. I mean, you see in the video this car just flying by, mm-hmm. right? Thankfully, probably not hitting anyone. I mean, it was it was flying by. So there, it, it, the car ran a red light, like clearly erratic, right? Clearly yeah. erratic. So then you see Jaden walking on the sidewalk. The car approaches him, and then you sort of see him, like, go to the crosswalk, Jamie, like, come off the curb, go towards the crosswalk as, as if he's going to cross the street, and then that car just kind of pulls up next to him. They Some words are exchanged. We don't yeah. know what was said. Jaden starts to make his way to the passenger side of the car, and then all you see is him fall. Right. And then stumble. So he shot one time in the chest. Yeah. We don't know what was said. We don't know why he was walking towards the driver's side. We don't know was he was he intoxicated and he thought it was the rideshare. Maybe was did he think it was a friend? I mean, we don't. We'll never know. But he was walking on the other side of the car. Yeah, almost to get it. Well, and sometimes like, and this has happened to me personally. Like when you've ordered an Uber and you're standing there waiting, and a car pulls up, you kind of think, oh, I mean, obviously this was. Right. Way back in the day before they used to like give you the license plate and the script, all that stuff, right? But you would think, oh, is that my, is that my ride share? You know, like, and who knows? I mean, this guy, this crazy guy, he could have been like, he could have asked him, you know, are you my Uber? And he could have been right. like, 
Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this like, was just this past 2020, right? Yeah. So they did have that in right. place, right? But eight, not I mean, when, if you're intoxicated, you're just like... Right. So, I mean, <laughs> do I really look at that? Not really. I, I mean, do. I wait for them to say my name uh, because they're supposed <laughs> yeah. to tell you your name before you get in the car. Right. And that's like cues them. But I'm not going to like go look on the windshield or look for... I mean, I've just never personally done that. So... <laughs> I'm not, but I do a true crime pass and Jamie thinks I'm not a safe person anyway. So we'll just stop talking about that. I check my license. I check the license plate. Jamie's like, you should see Jamie's face. She's like, you might want to do that, Brandy. Well, the girl that uses the app to walk from her front door to the driveway (laughs) will jump in a stranger's car. No, I wait till they say my name. Okay, good. How would they know my name? I don't wear it on my shirt. You got a shirt. It's got your name on it. (laughs) I'm necklace. Brandy. (laughs) All right. Well, unfortunately, Jaden did succumb to his injuries and passed away later that evening. That's terrible. Um, man. So Dallas police end up finding the white Taurus. So it was actually later identified as belonging, belonging to Harris's girlfriend. And it was in a repair shop when they found it. So here's the, so here's the thing. The white Taurus is not seen in any of these other crimes. This is the only crime, um, with the white Taurus. So it was, um, they didn't find it at first, but they ended up did finding it. Okay, so let's put a timeline on all of this, Jamie. I think it might help us and the listeners because we do kind of have such a short amount of time with so much happening. Mm -hmm. So Jaden is shot and killed on October 31st, 2020. And we know that Harris is arrested on November 18th. So we're talking about eight victims in 19 days. Yeah, it's nuts. Crazy, right? That's, That's crazy. So, all right. So let's discuss the next two victims in Dallas. So both of these murders happened on November 14th within 30 minutes of each other. Okay. This is crazy. Yeah. So the first homicide took place at 8.30 p.m. And the homicide and the second one took place around 9 p.m. So those victims are identified as 57-year-old Kenneth Jerome Hamilton and 36-year-old Adam Gotro. So let's talk about Adam Grotro. He was 36 years old, um, homeless. He was panhandling on the corner of Empire Central and Stemmons Freeway in Dallas when he was shot nine times. So I'm sure a lot of people in Dallas listening to this are going to know exactly that corner right Mm -hmm. when I said it. Um, I know I do. Mm Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of panhandling going on over there. A lot of, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna find out that they, they, there's actually a community down there, and these people watch out for each other. Oh, yeah. And this man's death really affected a lot of people. So they see a black SUV on surveillance camera stopping at the corner, getting out of the car, shooting Adam, and returning to the car. Adam was a father of an 11 year old. Um, but he had fallen on hard times, Jamie, and he turned to drugs and living on the streets. But he did see his son about once a month um, when he would actually go to the grandmother's house. So it was he had never married the mother of the child, mm-hmm. but her mother, um, the child's mother's mother, right? <laughs> um, watched, watched, watched the eleven-year-old, yeah. and so he would come to her house and visit. And so her name is Tiffany. So we'll talk about Tiffany. She is the grandmother. So her daughter and Adam had the child together. And they told, um, Tiffany told Channel 5 News here in Dallas that Adam um, had lost his biological mother to cancer this past year Mm. and was just really, really having a hard time. Um, So on the day of the murder, Adam had only been standing in that spot, Jamie, for five minutes. Okay, so you know how the panhandlers, like, they have their specific corners they frequent? Right. I mean, we see this a lot. Um, So 
Adam was known to frequent the area, but that wasn't like his specific corner. So Adam is seen talking to the guy who usually occupies that corner, right? Yeah. And he basically tells Adam, you can have this corner tonight. Like, if you want to, you can stand here and get some money and, you know... So in the article, Jamie, Adam's family said that this other guy, when after this happened, he was having a really, really hard time after Adam was killed. So, you know, I'm sure there's guilt, you know, like he's like, stand here. You can have this corner. And then the guilt of thinking that it could have been me. I was going to say, he's probably freaked out. Yeah. Like, Like, I mean, we're talking five minutes. God was looking over me in that moment. But this poor guy yikes yeah and that's how they find out he was actually only there for five minutes and and standing there was because this guy once you know adam is shot this man talks to police and says yeah i spoke to him i told him he could have this corner just rough yeah so um, okay so tiffany tells channel five that adam was a wonderful dad a friend and should not be judged by the life he led at the time of his death she said quote A lot of people think a lot of people who are homeless and turn to drugs are all bad people. They're not. They're not. They're good people that just fall into hard times. They're still wonderful people and they still have families out there. Mm -hmm. It's just sad because, you know, people do look down, obviously, on the homeless. Not everybody, but some people do. But I mean, okay, just think last year and still this year, there's a lot of people that have not been able to get their jobs back. And one out of three Americans are one paycheck away from being homeless. One out of three. That's insane. That's crazy. That's 33%. I mean, any of us. And they live in the richest country in the world. Right. With no help. No. I mean, there's some help, but not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but I, you know, here's the thing, listeners. I live close to a freeway and I'm in my little neighborhood app all the time. And there are some panhandling that's going on not too far from my house. And they don't come into the neighborhoods. But I mean, you might see like one guy, he's a little bit aggressive. He like throws his body onto the car. Yeah. And like, rubs his like chest on the the window. (laughs) You just like taps. She did the, Brandy just did like a shimmy. (laughs) (laughs) He like taps on the window. Like that's scary. He's like, hey man, give me money. I mean. But he will not go away. Yeah. It is the same guy. I can't tell you how many complaints that have gone to our police department about him. Yeah. And he is still standing on that corner. I remember it's the, this exact corner by your house, in fact, um, one time when we were coming home. I don't remember where the heck. I don't remember where we. This is years ago. And there was a guy there and we had we had picked up like some food and we offered him like whatever it was. I think it was like a cheeseburger or something mm-hmm. like that. He was pissed. He was like, I don't want your effing cheeseburger. <laughs> Get you and your burger out of here. Yeah, like he wanted obviously money for other things or whatever. I don't know. But he, some of them, man, are aggressive. They don't want help or they've just given up on it's humanity hard. or something. Yeah. And they're angry. Yeah. But, but you but know what? Wasn't. It's this hard. Was. It's hard though. But, you know, living in Dallas and we have a lot of organizations that we talk about and a lot yeah. of people that we know that do good here in Dallas yeah. and they're trying to help, you know, the homeless. And it's a tough situation, you know, because mm-hmm. you're right. One in three Americans is one paycheck away from being homeless. Yeah. And we all need to help one another and we can't judge, you know, and, and unfortunately Adam just had his life taken away and, Um, you know, never really got to get on the other side of what he, what he could have been. So, all right, guys. So 
30 minutes later, after this horrific crime and only nine miles away, 57-year-old Kenneth Hamilton was sitting in the driver's seat of his car around 9 p.m. on November 14th. We're still on November 14th, guys, 30 minutes after this crime. He's sitting at the intersection of South Beckley and Clarendon Drive when he was shot. So please have said, Jamie, that Hamilton appeared to just be sitting at a stoplight and about to make a left Mm -hmm. onto Clarendon when a car pulled up next to him and killed him. Officers arrive on the scene and Hamilton is taken to the local hospital where he died from his injuries. He was married. His wife's name was Joyce. Um, I read in an interview that she was telling reporters, quote, he was killed senselessly. A car pulled up and just shot him just randomly for no reason, just shot him. So surveillance shows a black Tahoe pulling up beside Hamilton in the car and then driving off. Okay, guys, so those are the three victims from Dallas that were senselessly murdered by Jeremy Rashad Harris. And now it's time for a wine recess. Vino time. We have wine. (laughs) All right, so like we mentioned, we're drinking a red today. The label TX. It's very basic, clean, to the point. Well, because this winery, so um, just so you guys know, they and Brandy's going to tell you a little bit more about it too. But they um, they also do different. So they do one from France, one from Spain. Um, what's the other ones? Portugal, uh, New Zealand. So it's pretty. It's pretty cool what they do. But they are all bottled here in Texas. Yes, and we'll explain how they do that. Yeah, so... But the um, specific one, Brainy's got some cool little... Yeah, so they... So this was interesting, and it, when Jamie Jamie picked up this wine, and she said, this is pretty cool, like, they basically work with other winemakers in Texas to bottle the wine, and you, so so all of this is grown in Texas, right? Okay? All the grapes For are from Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, David Finney, who is a part of the organization for um it's it's basically locationswine.com you can check it out there but it's called TX4 te- Texas Red Wine so um just with the over they had a bunch of success right with the release of these different wines so they what they did is they partnered with McPherson Cellars which we know and love I actually guys I just ordered two whites from McPherson mm-hmm. on some grapes that Sonia mentioned to us when we were did the Cali the show out of Cali and um so I'm excited about those but McPherson is actually one of the oldest winemaking families in Texas. Jamie, I cannot wait to go to their vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually the second release of this blend. So again, we have chosen just to showcase the Rhone varieties, which is what they're bringing to us today. So Lost Draw Vineyards, which is located within the Texas High Plains, um, it's a premier site in Texas that has the red clay, the sandy soils, um, planted to warm climate varieties of France and Spain. So, again, all the grapes are grown right here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though Texas might be relatively new to America's longstanding winemaking history, but the quality of framing and the fruit from this vineyard just promises, you know, excellent Texas ter- ter- um, you know, territory for years to come because we know that wine is up and coming in Texas. Mm-hmm. And yep. the one thing about Texas is... In California, 
it's dry, right? They get a lot of dryness and the soil is not as wet. And so sometimes our soil is too good for the grapes, right? So when you have the red clay and you have more of a drier area in the Texas high plains, it makes it, it makes it easier. But guys, there is a lot of cool stuff coming up in the Texas winemaking. Um, world right now yeah so we're happy to be a part of it yeah kind of connect with these people so jamie you're enjoying it i am i love it i love it i love it and um so these labels they're like the they're like the stickers that people put on the back of their bumper car right or bumper car on the back of their you know like when you come look so familiar i know so because i have like a gb for great britain on the back of mine right but that's what these labels are so they have just the basic TX and then the Italian one is just a basic I and then the French one is an F. So they're oh, pretty cool. Really cool. They're easy to find in the store. Just look for what. Yeah, look, and we'll like post a, a picture sticker. of it on our. Yeah. We'll post a picture on our Instagram. Um, yeah. so you guys will check it out. So, all right, Jamie, you ready to jump back in? That's cool. All right, let's do it. Okay, so on November sixteenth and seventeenth. So here we are, a couple days later from the two random shootings in Dallas. There are a few other random shootings going on on the 16th and 17th. Dallas, Denton, Prosper, and Frisco. So, Jamie, I'm curious to know if you knew about this shooting since you don't live far from where one of these actually happened. No, and that's crazy because when I was reading this and I saw Denton, Prosper, and Frisco, I mean, literally, I live it basically in Frisco. I mean, right. one street over is my town, Little Elm. But, right. And Prosper is just north of me as well as Denton. Yeah. So it's freaky, freaky, freaky. No, I don't remember hearing anything about this stuff on the mm-hmm. news. The stuff that we're going to get into here in a second, I remember, because right, it was all over, like right. breaking news. Like it right. came in like a, yeah. So this, again, is just a few days after the double homicide in Dallas. A black SUV was seen speeding away from the area of a few of these shootings, right? So Dallas police start to think, you know, maybe the same black SUV that was involved in the double homicide in Dallas um, is somehow correlated with these random shootings going on more north, right? right. And that's, okay. not, that's a pretty good, that's like 45 minutes. That's a good distance. Yeah. 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 So we're not talking right out of downtown yeah. Dallas. We're so talking... We're talking at least yeah. 45 minutes from downtown. So for them to even put that together is pretty, pretty good. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, and they did it pretty quickly too. And we'll, and we'll talk about that with how the Salina case really broke right. the Dallas cases. Um, so on November 16th, a black SUV pulls up behind a man's car on East Grand Avenue and began shooting. Okay. So the first random shooting, Jamie, takes place in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Double homicide. November 14th, November 16th, another random shooting in, in East Dallas um, and or East Grand Avenue, which is basically down there by East Dallas. And the driver of the car was injured, but they survived. Right. Okay? Couldn't find much information on that driver, um, but but the, he did survive. So on the evening of November 17th, so next day. A person is shot on Lebanon Road in Frisco, That's crazy. It's which like is basically what I house. exit to go to Jamie's house. Yeah, <laughs> like it's right there. That's my exit. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. So just an hour later in Denton County, two 20-year-old girls were driving when a car pulls up next to them and starts shooting. Both girls sustained non-life-threatening gunshot wounds and were transported to a local hospital. And thankfully, Jamie, they both survived. Yeah. Never heard anything about this on the news. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe it's just because I stopped watching the news last year. It was just too depressing. <laughs> I was like, I can't take it anymore. Can't do Jamie it. finds out about all this stuff going on on our podcast. Yeah, like <laughs> once I start reading, you know, online, because, oh, man, the news, is, God, I can't handle it. I know. All right, so on November 18th, Blair Carter, 60 years old, was found dead inside his burning home in Salina, Texas. So Salina, I believe, Jamie, from Prosper and Frisco, it's just a little east. Yeah, I'm sorry, east. It's up, uh, yes. So, right. Okay. So, it's east of Prosper, it, Frisco area. Okay. Yeah. So, after the autopsy, okay. So, Blair Carter, 60, they find him dead in, in the home. The house is burned down. They found that Carter actually had been shot to death before the house was lit on fire. Okay. So, this is occurring at 11 a.m. This is in the middle yeah. of the day. Nice, normal neighborhood. Nice, normal neighborhood. Um, broad daylight. There's a construction like a lot of construction going on in this area, Jamie, and there's people working on this construction. And all of a sudden they see smoke coming from the house, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So around 11.08, a call comes in to the Salina Fire Department reporting a fire at a home. Well, once the fire department gets there, once police start arriving and they're putting out the fire, neighbors say they heard gunshots and then saw a man around five foot seven or five foot eight running from the house with something in his hand. Hmm. So they find out Carter had been shot multiple times. Security footage, Jamie, this is crazy. They found security footage on his cell phone. Oh, Showing Harris trying to enter the back door of Mm -mm. his house at 11.05. This is actually how they saw his picture. That's why you gotta have a gun. I mean, I'm not... Someone coming knocking on my door trying to get in my house? Yes. Like... Yeah, so basically they obtain it from the cell phone. So we they think he knew he was breaking in mm-hmm. and that his face was going to be recorded and that he was just making sure that it was actually on there. So, yeah, so they actually find this, which is crazy. But, hey, you know what? Technology nowadays. So be I careful. Know, Remember right? that, guys. Everybody has, like, a front door camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it keeps on your phone. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere, everywhere. Okay, so up to this point, these have been random shootings, stranger on stranger crimes. But now we there we find a connection, okay, to Harris and Carter. So according to police, Harris used to date Carter's daughter, So at this point, I couldn't find anything about the relationship between Harris and the daughter. I obviously didn't end well. Yeah. Um, But police know that this is definitely a connection Mm -hmm. between the victim and the perpetrator. And Jamie, I found, so, you know, guys, we put pictures of of the victims and and what we're drinking when we release our shows. And I found the obituary Mm -hmm. of him and he's with a young girl that looks like his daughter. Mm. really sad yeah could be her looks about the same age in the 20s um so they have recorded footage of him breaking in they track him down and they arrest him later that night at his red oak apartment so i guess he torched the house to get rid of of the evidence evidence Mm -hmm. and that didn't go so it was a big two-story house yeah they think he was dead before well yeah um, i i would hope i mean yeah you know, I wouldn't want him to be laying yeah, there they, suffering and then right. mm-hmm. suffer from everything else. That's, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, so. I remember that being on the news because they had a helicopter, like, you know, the news was out there and you could see the house, you know. Yeah. From above and all that stuff. And, yeah. Wow. Sad. Okay, so now he's arrested. 
okay, for this murder in Salina. So now Good. Dallas investigators find out about this arrest. Okay, it's on the news, right? Mm-hmm. Poli- I mean, they, they know about it. All police are, you know, they they have a, a little system that connects them all to help with to solve different cases, right? So the correlation began to come when the same model car was seen leaving the scene of Salina, matching the description, the pictures of the SUV and the other crimes. Okay, yeah. so that this tips Dallas off. So the Dallas Homicide Unit obtains a search warrant for Harris's phone records, um, his car, his apartment. They want to search everything. So this places him at the scene of all of the crimes, right? So they track the phone, they get the records, and they can tell that he has been at every one of those locations that the actual crimes took place. Oh, yeah, by the towers. Yep. Yep, gotcha. All right, so Officer Ramirez of the DPD told the Dallas Morning News, quote, we really started to find the pieces. Through collaboration with our federal partners, as well as the municipalities in this region, we really started to piece this thing together. Good, because a lot of times they don't. Yeah. You know? Well, or there's like a lag. Right. Or not like solid Something fell through the crack. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they, Jamie, they find receipts in his house showing that he bought a Ruger nine millimeter handgun on November eleventh, and then he bought a Taurus nine millimeter on November sixteenth. He buys a gun the same day as he does the shootings. According to the he's arrest, smart. <laughs> he's like, "Let's go buy a gun and today and go serious. shoot a stranger." Right. Well, and those are ser- like the Taurus. Like, do you call a friend? Do you want to come? <laughs> By the way, he was a lone shooter. They don't believe anyone else was involved, including the girlfriend who owned the Taurus. They don't believe anybody was in the car. Yeah. He's about as smart as that other guy that left his license. Remember the story we did where the guy left his license at the gun oh, range? at the gun range. <laughs> at the gun shop. Yeah. Sick him out of here. He's like, Cops are here. The guy's like, you want, do you me. want your gun and your ID? <laughs> They'll never get you me. You might need it. <laughs> when you go to jail. <laughs> They've got to check you in. All oh, right. my God. So... So they find the SUV, Jamie, right, at the apartment. and But the chrome wheels that were seen on the video, they're mm. gone. They're not on the car. So they're like, oh, the car doesn't match, right? Well, no. He has them inside the house. They they, they search the house and they find the chrome wheels he was I, hiding. When I read that, I was like, how the hell did he get? So was it wheel and tire or just the rim? No, I think the rim. The how rim. the hell did he get those off? Like, you have to go get those. He may have had them. T- he may have had. He may have had them taken off. Yeah, I would. I would assume he would have drove them he to a place and like quick. had them take it off. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he basically just tried to yank the stuff off so it wouldn't connect him to the crimes because that wouldn't have been the car seen on surveillance. Okay. So currently he is being charged with three murders in Dallas, one in Salina, and the aggravated assault of Jamie of those two women that were shot in Denton. Um, they are seeking a capital murder punishment, and in Texas. Capital murder carries only two punishment options. So he's only either going to get the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. Harris's court-appointed defense attorney in Collin County, Stephen Myers, um, said that evidence hasn't been handed over. So according to him, Harris just denies killing Carter. There's really nothing. I mean, again, guys, we're talking about four months, five months of this. So because of COVID and all that, he's probably not going to go to court for a while. So they're probably, you know, trying to gather evidence right now, share it on both sides, you know, the prosecution and defense. Um, His court appointed attorney in Dallas, Kenneth Weatherspoon, he just declines, declines to comment altogether. 
He's just like, I just have nothing to say about this yet. So <laughs> he's like, I didn't really want this. Case, yeah, he's like, somebody just of, gave this to me. And it just I, sucks when you when yeah. you're one of those court appointed. That's got to be a hard job, man. Oh, having to I defend freaking people like ugh, that's the worst. That's and a lot worst. of them too. A lot. No, they the all system. have to start somewhere, and it just you sucks. do. I know. Well, they do mm-hmm. the best they can for their clients. You know, that's their job. Okay, so still so much to know, you guys. You know, why did he go to Carter's home? That's what I want to know. Why did he choose to kill his ex-girlfriend's dad? What triggered the killing spree in general? Um, But thankfully, this guy is off the streets. um, Doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon on that $3 million bond. But we'll continue to give you updates as they come in about the case. Jamie, any any last thoughts about this one? No. I'm just wondering, maybe he went there because he thought the daughter lived at the house. Maybe the dad made her break up with him because he was no good. You know, and he wanted to go and get revenge. I don't know about all the other people. I think he's just an angry, angry man. And I don't know. I don't know. Well, we don't have any answers yet. Nothing I can find to actually give a motive for any of this except just wanting to shoot random people and then target someone who may have disrespected him it's just or you terrifying. Know. You think it you is. know, every day you could just be walking around minding your own damn business and then here comes some lunatic that just decides he's gonna go on a shooting spree and you're you're one of his victims and that's it. Yeah. Sad. Sad. All right, guys. Well, we'll keep you posted on this case as it progresses. And Jamie, that concludes season two, episode nine, the Dallas shooting spree. If you want to see pictures related to this case, you can find them on our Instagram page, Texas Wine and True Crime. All right, Jamie, you ready to review this wine? Yes. Okay. So what's your favorite part about it? Man, it's just so smooth. The smoothness. I know. The flavor is really great. There's no weird... What did you say earlier? Bite or something? <laughs> I said, I'm sure there's a fancy name for this, but I said, it's got no bite going yeah, down. No, it no doesn't. Bite. Nice and smooth. It's a blend of Grenache, Syrah. Um, it's got some Bordeaux varietals in it. Um, alcohol content is 14.5%. Um, some of um, the winemaker notes, which I like, it's um, dusty plum. So I noticed that about the color. It's very dark mm-hmm. purplish. Mm-hmm. Um Darker, you know, when you're looking down in your glass, you can always kind of see, like with a Pinot Noir, it, it does look a little bit lighter. Right. But this one is a little bit darker, um, which which I like. And so um, raspberries, which I do taste. Yes. Um, definitely got the raspberries in that. Hints of cedar, black tea, and slate. And um, also on that palette, um, grapefruit, cherry cola sink, which was kind of cool. I know, right? A little cherry cola there. Um, yeah, and, and just red fruits. It's delicious. You guys have got to try It is this. so delicious. It's definitely and one of my favorites. we're giving this, well, how many corks, Jamie? Oh, five. Ooh, we're going five corks on this Absolutely. one. All right. And yeah, I was reading, <clears throat> I don't know if a lot of y'all use this. Brandy and I have the Vivino app. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. It takes a little... Uh, trickery sometimes because it'll think it's a different type of wine but um it's pretty cool because you can log what you've drank if you like it what you thought about it um so if y'all haven't downloaded that app you should because it's uh, it's very handy and this one says that this is among the top four percent of all wines in the world what yeah well i don't doubt it it's delicious i know it's i mean are we done yet? And, oh my god and it's top 10 percent of texas <laughs> 
Nice. So. Because what this guy does is, okay, so when he makes the other wines for the other, um, I don't even know what you call it. Like, Just, well, yeah, different yeah. different varietals so for like, different varietals, partners right. with the different right, right, wineries. Right, right. Yeah. So he's traveled to all these places. He's gone to France. He's gone to right. Italy. He's gone. And he goes and gets the best of the grapes and makes yeah. his own bottles, basically, his own blends. And uh, tell me a little background on him. He started, he worked for who? Or See, uh, he started with Robert Mondavi. Okay. Back in the 90s. Okay. I think he worked with him for a couple years and then he moved on to kind of doing his own thing. So now he's out there and... Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Go so, Red Raiders. I know. <laughs> Get your guns up. <laughs> well, we are excited. Well, and they partner with McPherson, yep. which we love their wine too. So you guys, you can't go wrong with this one. It's we so will good. put it on our um, website and we'll post it on our Instagram and Facebook so you guys yes. can check it out. And um, all right. So each week, Jamie and I share an organization, right? That just inspires everyone out there, including us, to be givers and just better people. So, Jamie, what do you have for us this week? So this week, we're going to go with Austin Street Center, which is a basically a place that helps homeless people. Okay. Um, they've been around for like 20 years. Obviously, they are in need more than ever for donations and things right now. So you can go to their website, which is awesomestreet.org, and take a look and see all the stuff that they they need help with. They do also do like events that you can help with. Um, donations, of course, always Of course, helps. of course. And Time. everybody knows that like the number one thing, which is something that's so inexpensive for us to buy our socks mm-hmm. they're always needing socks well that's actually the number one number need in one home and shelters yeah. Is socks. yeah so i mean even if you can pick up a package of socks drop them off to your local um homeless shelter every little thing helps these guys so that's right that would be it we'll put this on our uh, instagram and our uh, website so you guys can click on there there's a donate button if you just want to donate money too so great All right, guys. Well, we'll put that on our website. And thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe, have fun, and cheers to next time. Cheers.